Welcome to the Weekly Rebound Podcast, back again to break down the final week of the Summer 19 CT season. I'm your host, Connor Sauer, joined as always by my co-host on call, Greg Horn. Greg, another week, more Flint wins. You're happy, I'm pissed. How you feeling, brother? Yeah, that's what we do in Flint Nation. You know, we had a nice time celebrating last night. You know, we all did our thing. Uh, And, you know... This is, this is the last episode, so we're all about, you know, just wrapping the season up and uh, kind of putting a, I guess, bow on the whole uh, whole present that was this season. I love it. I love it. Coming up with some analogies on the spot, Greg Horn. <laughs> no one better than him. First event we had last night, as Greg's saying, we had the uh, we had all of our all-star festivities that we're going to be recapping, and we'll get into all of them in order. We had the three-point contest, the dunk contest, and then followed it up with our all-star game, which was a battle between me and Greg and the teams that we drafted. Uh, but like I said, let's start off with the three-point contest. It was the first event of the night, and um, I might say, Greg, this might have been one of the more entertaining uh, bouts that we had in a while on the three-point contest. Uh, we've had a bunch of good contests in the past and past seasons. We've had some great champions who've gone out there and shot the lights out. But typically whenever we see the three point contest, I feel like there's always one guy who stands out, you know, head and shoulders above the pack. But, um, with this year, I honestly felt like it was a really competitive field, um, from top to bottom and everybody put on a great showing and it was really competitive in that aspect. So let's get into the numbers real quick, Greg, in the first. Well, first, let's talk about the contestants. We had Mike Vesicchio from Nick Strong, Mike Bizzuto from Flint Tropics, Joey Zacco from Run TMC, TJ Gianni, also from the Flint Tropics, and Jason Hernandez from Shocker City. All these guys are sharpshooters in their own right. A couple guys didn't make it, like Eddie Whitman, but uh, nonetheless, we still had a stacked roster of shooters. It was fun watching these guys go off. In the first round, like I said, really competitive round, um, where only the first three guys... uh, in terms of the standings in that in that round, will advance to the finals. And uh, in the first round, it was Mike Vesicchio with 16, Mike Bazzuto with 17, TJ with 18, Joey with 18, and Jason led the way with 20. Um, so unfortunately, uh, our guy Mike Vesicchio and Mike Bazzuto, the two Mikes, did not advance into that final round. But uh, nonetheless, 16 and 17, really good performances from both Mike's. Actually, uh, Mike Vesicchio was actually like pretty pissed that he wasn't in because he felt like he went out there and put on a good showing, hit some big money balls, uh, wasn't able to advance uh, into that next round. Greg. But your overall thoughts on the first round and uh, you know your guy Mike Bazzuto putting on a show and not making it into that last round. Yeah, you know, Bazzuto is more of an in-game shooter. I don't know if he's, like, the contest grab-off-the-rack shooter. I think Gianni is more of that. And, you know, some of Joey and uh, Jason really did their thing. I will, I will not lie. I think, like you said, it was a very strong showing from all three shooters. And it's kind of a testament of how good the shooting's been this year in this league and just how efficient everyone's gotten. And it really showed in this first round. Absolutely. And in the second round, like you said, we had Joey, TJ, and Jason going at it. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I honestly was feeling that Jason Hernandez was going to walk away with this one going into that last round just because I saw him show up extra early. He was getting tons of shots off before the contest started, and he looked really good out there. His stroke, we always talk about it. I think he's the one who I almost invented that uh, the whole butter thing when I'm looking at people shoot the ball, and his shot is so clean, so crisp. He was looking good. I thought that he was going to pull away, but Jason only, not only, but he had 18 um wasn't as much as Joey Zacco, who won this event with 22, and the defending champ, TJ, who went last in that final round, knew he had a big number with Joey to, to try to catch up to, and I feel like that kind of, uh, you know, kind of impacted his game, knowing that you have such a big number that you're trying to get to, kind of, you know, affects you mentally, thinking you got to be so perfect out there, um, and I feel like he hit, he missed some big money ball shots early on, and kind of, you know, killed his chances, but nonetheless, TJ's a champion at this event, he's one of the best three-point shooters in Legacy League's history, if we're looking back on it. And uh, I don't think he's going to care too much about not winning it this season. Joey Zacco, the champ, our commish, he's done so many of these events. He's obviously, uh, he always says, hey, if you're going to make up an event for me, the three-point contest would be that event. So it's only fitting that eventually Joey gets a W um, in the three-point contest, and uh, he was able to do that last night. No, yeah, I mean, hats off to Joey. He beat two of the best shooters we've seen in this league. Uh, also, hats off to Jason. Jason had two very good rounds. And like you said, I thought he was going to take it. But in the end, look, I mean, Joey's a veteran in this league. He's one of the best shooters in the league. And he showed, you know, all you got to do is just stay consistent in a competition like this and just hit your shots, hit those money balls. And that's what Joey did. I think he hit five to seven money balls. And in the end, that was the big difference. 
Now both Zacos, Matt and Joey, both have three-point champion under their belt, Greg, in terms of uh, the contest. So uh, I thought that was pretty funny. I bet there will be some some arguments on Thanksgiving Day or maybe some Christmas holiday dinners that uh, Joey and and Matt going at it, who's the better three-point shooter, both both snipers in their own rights. And now they both have the hardware under their belts to show for it. But, uh, yeah, that'll wrap up the uh, the recap here on the three-point contest. Um, but shout-out to all the contestants. Mike Vesicchio, Mike Bizzuto, Joey Zacco, TJ Gianni, and Jason Hernandez all put on a show. Like I said, top to bottom, everybody balled out. There wasn't really a, any dud performance. Normally, we typically see one or two guys who go out there and put up single digits. And uh, having only si- being 16, being the, the lowest score in the entire first round, TJ only had 13 in the second round, but he kind of gave up late in, into his bid, um, obviously knowing that he was numerically out of the running for it. But nonetheless, like I said, great showing, and we uh, hope to see some of those guys come back next year. Greg, let's get into the dunk contest. We unfortunately didn't have a full slate of dunkers to show up for the dunk contest. Um, only Mike Bizzuto, Jaden Battle, and Jason Bender made it to the uh, the event in time. And, uh, you know, nonetheless, Greg, I think that... Uh, we still got three really good dunkers out there, and they're able to put on some great, you know, entertaining dunks for the fans. Which, by the way, there was a good amount of people in the stands. Uh, shout out to all the people who showed up, made the drive out. Uh, means a lot to the league. I know Joey appreciates all of that. But, um, yeah, definitely, uh, they still put on a good show, Greg. But, honestly, Jaden Battle, um, the champion of this contest, had some absolutely ridiculous dunks with a through the legs on his first one. Went over his monstrous teammate, Chad McCoy. Granted, Chad did have to you know squat a little bit, but, I mean, Chad's, like, pushing 6'4", so it's only fair that he can squat a little bit. Jaden has to be, I don't know exactly how tall, but I guess in the 5'7 to 5'9 range. So, you know, just seeing somebody at that height get over a man of Chad McCoy's size and throwing it down with some thunder. Um, he got everybody saying ooh and ah, and, 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 of course, his last one, Greg, he went so high up in the air he was able to go underneath both legs come out the other side and finish with authority kind of just capped off the night we saw mike bizzuto with his uh signature double elbow dunk we seen him come from behind the backboard on a great lob to himself on the very first try and throw it down that was really nice um jason bender had a nice reverse dunk up and under but uh yeah i think Jaden battle stole the show no yeah Jaden battle stole the show like he's been stealing the show all season uh offensive player of the year of course and you know, he's just, he's a threat in this league, an absolute force, and he showed, you know, in the dunk contest why he's probably one of the best dunkers we've ever seen in this league. The way he can just fly, the, the, lift, the type of lift that he gets off his feet is really second to none. I mean, he's just, he is so impressive with the way he can dunk and the way he can fly up the air, and he showed in the All-Star game even. He was throwing down dunk contest dunks in the All-Star game, and he really does that. And, you know, that's what we've come to see. You know, shout out to Zuno, my guy from Flint. Shout out Jason Bender, who threw down a few nice slams. But, you know, obviously it was a not stacked competition because there's only three guys. But I think for what those three did, it was impressive. And, I mean, Jaden Battle, oof, that man is an absolute monster of an athlete. Yeah, it's ridiculous, the the bunnies that he has, Greg. And, uh, like I said, these guys just really put on a show. Um I think Jaden Battle might be one of the best dunk contestants that we've had in a long time. And I feel like his performance is going to get a little bit watered down because there wasn't like a fierce group of dunkers to fill the, you know, the card behind him. Obviously, Jason and Mike, uh, unbelievable dunkers in their own rights. But it would have been nice to have some different guys out there as well. Maybe an Eric Singleton, uh, maybe a Kintuan Miles, uh, Chris Leak, you know, a bunch of different uh, dynamic dunkers out there who can kind of push the bar and push the envelope in terms of what's possible out there on these small rims. But like I said, Greg, these guys all balled out. They all gave us a good show. And uh, it, you know what? They, they showed up and they actually, you know, put on some dunks for us. So we got to give them credit for that. Obviously, uh, only having a three-man dunk contest you're kind of limited, but these guys, they lived up to the hype and uh, definitely made it entertaining for us um, leading into the All-Star game, Greg. So let's get into this All-Star game. <sighs> Man, kind of hear it in my voice. I'm a little bit disappointed. You can probably hear the way this one went. Greg was able to scratch out a win over me. Uh, but, Greg, let's talk about the game itself. Obviously, you won the game 106-100, to 100, so it was a really close game. Um, pretty competitive throughout. 
And I honestly feel like it was one of the more, I keep using the word entertaining, but I mean, it, it truly was an entertaining game. Uh, these guys were pushing the envelope, pushing the bar, really going all at it. Like, I feel like we kind of caught you guys off guard. My team came out with a lot of intensity. And I feel like Greg's team was out there ready to just like throw some lobs and have some fun. And I think uh, once I woke you guys up, we saw some you know great basketball players, the best basketball players in the league, going at it head to head for at least a half of basketball. You know that second half was pretty competitive all the way throughout. First half still competitive, but it, you can really see that they turned it up a level in that second half. And just from a fan perspective, somebody who likes watching the, this league and, and and enjoys watching these players ball out, Greg, I, I was actually having a ton of fun. Um, you know, not including just being a coach, which is a blast, but just watching these guys ball out. Yeah, I mean, look, this is why you love a league like Legacy Leagues, when all these guys, the best players in the league, are just there doing their thing. And, you know, obviously we miss guys like Rel and Eric on your team, so it might be a little asterisk with the win. But, you know, that's why we that's why we come and do this. You know, we love to see the superstars in this league go at it, and I think that you're right. I think um, my team was going out there, you know, taking a little more nonchalant, and you guys came out ready to bully and ready to do your thing. And, you know, I think my guys kind of picked it up in the end. And then, again, it was only a six-point win. It was very close, came down to three throws. And even at the end, you guys had a few three-point looks. And it, it just, you know, that's, like I said, when you got two minutes left, you got guys like Melquan, Dom, Reggie, Carmine. You got Florentine, four, even even Noah Raffone's out there getting threes. I mean, it's just, it's everything you want in legacy when all these stars are out there competing at the highest level and a lot of the times you don't see a lot of these guys play together or a lot of the times you don't see a lot of these guys go against each other where where maybe it's because they missed the one regular season game and they don't go far in the playoffs and they never go against each other so it's really it was really cool to see someone like Melquan and Nick Japs going at it and then you see Rafone draining threes and it, it it was really just uh great battle like Dom Langston versus Chad McCoy like it's just all around that's what you want to see in Legacy League basketball these superstars just really fight in tone now Greg uh as a great point I actually saw you left out one of the best things that happened during this game Ryan Florentine swatted the shit out of Mike Vesicchio oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was cracking up because I was expecting one of them to laugh and neither of them were laughing so that showed me that these guys were engaged in going for the win um, but you know that, you know, after the game, I guarantee Ryan said something to Mike and they were busting each other's balls. But like, that's, you know, what we like to see is seeing two different players um, that play on the same team go against each other in the All-Star event, which was uh, definitely an awesome, you know, entertaining b- b- bout between these two, you know, heavyweight teams, you could really say. It's like a boxing match. It felt like we were swinging blows the entire time. Obviously, my team jumped out hot in that first quarter. Uh, we scored 40 in the first. We gave up 30, which I, which shows me that we were having fun on offense, but we were taking it easy on defense. But then after that, Greg, you really saw the scoring go way down. 70 combined points in that first quarter. Then it was uh, 43 in the second. It was 53 in the third. And then uh, it was 40 in the se- in the fourth. So not a whole lot of scoring um, throughout the game after that hot start. So you really saw these guys giving an effort on the defensive end. And anybody who watches any All-Star game in the real life knows that, you know, defense is always something that is just non-existent in All-Star games, whether it's the uh, NFL Pro Bowl, whether it's the NBA All-Star game, whether it's MLB actually is probably one of the more entertaining All-Star games. We're being honest. We're getting off track for a second just because I feel like MLB is a hard sport to, like, not take seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. You look like an idiot and you'll get... Your, your whole team will strike out. Exactly. <laughs> what are you going to You can go up there and, like, not, not swing? It's, uh, it's just, it's, it's uh, that's actually such a good example. Also, it means something with the home field advantage, but, like, a pitcher's not going to go out there and just lob meatballs to these hitters. They're going in and they're throwing their best stuff because they want to show. And, like, again, it's like I said in the league, like, a lot of the times, you know, maybe you play interleague play, but, like, this year, the Cubs didn't play the Yankees this year. So, like, let's say... John Lester makes it. You think John Lester's going to go out there and throw a meatball to Aaron Judge? No, he wants to see what Aaron Judge has got. And, like, I think that's kind of what you got in this game, where it's like you see someone like, you know, Jason Bender. His team was losing all year, and then now he gets a chance to win a game. You know, it's huge. That's actually very true. Uh, so let's break down some of the numbers, some of the scoring performances, Greg. Obviously, Nick Japs can't overlook. This was the MVP of the All-Star game. The Flintrophics balled out for Greg. It's just like, come on, dude. Like, I get it, Mike. I get it, Nick. You guys love this kid. You had to take it out on me. 
I was uh, it, it, another thing. We'll, we'll, before we get into the players, me and Greg, for anybody that wasn't watching, anybody that wasn't there, complete opposite coaching approaches to this game. I was not off my feet once. I was standing up, going back and forth down the sidelines, hollering at the refs, pumping my guys up, dapping up everybody coming in and out. We had rotations set and everything. I look over. Greg's like just chilling, talking to Tyler Japs half the game, drafting a fantasy team, uh, and somehow still won. So, uh, Greg, your thoughts on that? Look, shout out Mr. Novellis. He's my baseball coach growing up. He was uh, a complete opposite of that. He, um, I remember one time, you're not track, but I remember one time I swung in a 3-0 pitch. And in the middle of the game, comes over and picks me up by my, by my shirt and just starts yelling at me. I remember my mom left. <laughs> I'll never forget it. And ever since then, uh, I, I've never swung in a 3-0 pitch ever again, one. And two, I realized, man, I'm just not meant to be a coach like that. And I can, also, I will say... I think it was easier because when I drafted Don Langston, I know Don Langston um, coaches AAU. So I kind of know that Don out there and, like, we kind of have them and lead them and lead the group. And that's kind of what Don did. You know, after the second half, Don made sure that it was a Binder Florentine and uh, a Binder Florentine and uh, Dick Japs out there with uh, Carmine. And he made sure that Bazzuto and him got, you know, the rest when needed. And then he pulled Carmine out and... You know, I just knew that if I got someone like that, I got an on-court leader on there. I just kind of did my thing. But also, <laughs> I won't lie, the fantasy draft was half of it. You know, got to focus on that fantasy draft. You know, that's the money down. And, uh, you know, shout out shout out uh, my, my my first few picks. Shout out Connor for Kenny Smooth routes. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, think, I think the coaching styles worked for both me and you in, in their respective ways. Absolutely. And I think that's also what makes this, you know, fun is, you know, the fact that uh, – we're not going to do it the same way. We didn't draft our team the same way. We didn't you know, control our team the same way. But uh, hey, it was a good. It was a good competitive game. It was a close game. Um, but yeah, let's talk about some of your high scores. Obviously, Nick with twenty six, Mike with twenty three, led the way. Reggie with like a quiet twenty. I was talking shit to Reggie and Dom from the sidelines, and when I did open my mouth to talk shit, they hit threes immediately and stared me down. So shout out to those guys. Love them for that. Um, but you know, I was having fun. I was busting everyone's balls. I was trying to get into everyone's head. I was screaming at Carmine. He with us when he was shooting his final free throws and he, I think airballed both of them, but I honestly think Carmine might've done that on purpose just to give us a chance. Cause like, what the hell was that? Um, and what else? Ryan Florentine had a good game, had that block on Mike. That was his highlight. If you ask me, yeah. but for my team, Greg, Jaden battle, man. He absolutely balled out. And this kid gave me so much heart, dude. Like, he was not taking his foot off the gas the entire time. He was going balls to the wall and throwing down some nasty dunks every time he got a chance. Dan Kokoros was banging threes from the volleyball line. Like, dude, he was straight up pulling. Yeah. Mike Vesicchio told me he was going to lead the team in rebounds. He did. He told me he was going to get some threes. He did. He had 19 and 7 with three assists and a steal. Like, Mike Vesicchio did everything I wanted him out there. He got me so many hustle plays. Um, honestly, my one of my more disappointing performances on my team was Melquan Horton. And that was my stud. That was my first-round pick. And uh, he still had a good game. Dude, Melquan, the heart that he gives out there can't even be shown in the stats. So, like, reading off his line doesn't even say much. He he gives you an A-plus no matter what because of what he's out there doing on the defensive yep. end and just being a leader out there on the court. But only 11 on 5 of 16. He did have seven boards like he always does. He did get three steals like he always does. Um, but I needed uh, I needed more scoring from Melquan to win this game. But at the end of the day, I don't think Melquan was ready to come to this game. I literally pulled him off the couch last second. and was like, yo, you better get your ass here. You're the team captain. And he showed up. So shout out to Melquan. I'll always love him for that. And uh, Noah Raffone had a block on Reggie Stewart that I'll remember for years. That's all I'll say. He had an absolute swat. Reggie yep. didn't even know he was there. He came from behind and sent that shit into the next zip code. Shout out Noah Raffone. Banged the three. He was having fun. Um, you know, it was tough, Greg. We'll talk about coaching real quick. I know that you like how you did your subs. For me personally, I had rotations and. Uh, it got tough in the fourth quarter, obviously, because everybody deserves to be out there. They're all all-stars, and everybody wants to be out there playing those close minutes in a close game against the best players in the league. But uh, I didn't even have Eric Singleton and Terrell Vargas, which I know you mentioned, which were two of my stud players, which I definitely needed to 
um, at least give me a chance in these late situations in the game because everybody on my team was was pretty much gassed because they were all going really hard for me in that second half. And uh, everybody wants to be out there. I had to actually pull off Melquan and Chad. You know, Chad, who had 16 points, didn't miss a single shot from the post, but had to put some three-point shooters out there in late-game situations. So it was tough for me to kind of manage all of the guys who played minutes in the end. But for the beginning, you know, first, second, third quarter, it was very easy. We just had rotations going. But how did you approach your subs, and how did Dom take that uh, onto his plate as you were uh, drafting your fantasy team? Um, Dom kind of... I'm going to realize at a certain point, like, <clears throat> the way I drafted my team, you know, I think it really came down to our first two picks. If you look at it, you know, um, my first two picks were my two leading scorers, and your first two picks, Melquan obviously had an off game that Eric didn't show up. So I think that's really what it came down to. And, you know, Dom, Dom, you know, he just kind of knew, you know, it was even the first quarter. He, he looked at me when we were down 10. He goes, it's a long game. We just, we just, they're going to be tired. They're going too hard. And I think a thing that I kind of had in my advantage is you had a few newer all-stars mm-hmm. for someone like Rafone. Actually, not really. We kind of had even. I had Binder. You had Rafone. Regardless. I think that depth helped. I mean, you not having as many players as me, I think it's a lot easier to sub when I had just – I had a lot of guys that, you know, kind of understood. Like, again, Ryan Florentine's coming out there. My guy Lindor – my guy Lindor knows what he's doing. He's gonna bang some threes. He's gonna play some hard D, and then he's gonna come out with the game. Jason Bender is just gonna get those. Gonna get those. You know, Jason Bender's like a Charles Barkley, Dennis Rodman out there. He's getting grabbing those boards. He's getting those paint points, and then he's coming out. And then I got someone like Nick Japs, who I know is gonna give me his. But mm-hmm. then when there's two minutes left, I throw Carmine in for Nick Japs, and Nick Japs ain't gonna say a word to me because he he knows his role. And I think that my team was just beautifully crafted, like. <laughs> like the Warriors were when they were at the bottom. And, you know, as far as subs go, I think my guys just kind of went with the flow and just, you know, kind of just was like, you know, we're just kind of having fun. But once you guys started to show us that we got to pick it up, I think there was more of a discussion as to who's going to play when and what are we going to do with two minutes left and so on. Yeah, see, that was kind of something that I didn't really anticipate because we had these two-man rotations with obviously six guys. So I was taking, I was basically keeping you out there for 10 minutes and then um, rotating you in. We take two guys off, put two fresh guys on. So basically, there's subs every five minutes, but guys are playing 10 minutes at a time and then only getting five minutes of blow. So, you know, it was definitely, uh, it was working well for, like I said, those first three quarters. But then, like you said, the two-minute drill, having that plan of who was going to play when for you, I think that helped you because, you know, my rotations, I kind of wanted to break them up and, and send out a different team there in the fourth. But, you know, I'm true to I'm, – this is an exhibition game, and I wanted to make sure everybody played an equal amount of minutes because they all deserve, you know, to get their uh, their shine. And I think that all my guys in their own rights had really good performances and could have given us a chance at the end. Like I had Noah in for those final few, you know, like 30 seconds there, hoping we can get a steal and maybe a three for him or, or, uh, you know, even Jaden who was smoking hot. Jaden had 29 points. I don't know if if I said that yet. I think I said he was my best player, but yeah, he had, he had 29. Dan had 20. Um, You know what really sucked though, Greg? I don't think I've said it yet. Ange and Larry, aka the the, uh, the officials for uh, the Legacy Leagues in this game, they really they really hosed me in this game. They really hosed me in this game. Now I know that we weren't doing free throws, but my man Chad McCoy was getting hugged down there. They could not hold him in that post. He posterized uh, Dom a couple times, and then it came to the point where you guys were just hugging him. You didn't, you were denying him the rock, and they weren't giving me any of those calls. So I'm pretty pissed about that. My man Jaden was getting hacked. Melquan was getting hacked. There was a play on Noah where he, like, stripped the ball cleanly and they called him on a foul. So, I mean, like, hey, I'm not going to be complaining about the refs, but, hey, I'm complaining about the refs. Yeah, let's be real. It wouldn't be a Legacy League game without some poor officiating. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. But uh, that, was, that, was, uh, that was about it for my team. Like I said, I'm proud of all my guys. Shout out all of them. I'll give them one last shout out. Jaden Battle, Dan Kokoros, Mike Vesicchio. Chad McCoy, Melquan Horton, and Noah Rafone. Um, didn't have Terrell Vargas and Eric Singleton. Two of my studs. Kind of expected Terrell not to come, but really, really was banking on Eric. Eric would have been a great addition to my team, especially when that game turned up defensively in the end there. 
you know that having an Eric Singleton would have been um, at least entertaining in that aspect. And Terrell Vargas, getting when I need some points, that would have been fun too. But uh, Nick Jaffs, Mike Mazzuto, Reggie Stewart, Dom Langston, Ryan Florentine, Carmine Santorelli, Jason Binder. Any final thoughts on your team, Greg, on this whole all-star event before we'll put uh, an outro on the season? Yeah, I want to shout out, you know, shout out your team. You guys played well. Uh, Mel Von Horan, as I said last night, Mel Horan reminds me of my favorite NFL player of all time, Steve Smith. Love it. Steve Smith quote about lunch money. And it was after we beat the Saints in 2014. I remember Roman Harper cheap shot at him, and Steve Smith absolutely beat that ass. But that's what Steve Smith does. But um, <laughs> I remember he said after the game, I look in the eyes of all my victims before I take their lunch money. And that is the same demeanor that Mel Quan Horton plays with. You, anytime you step on the court, Mel Quan Horton, he may not be the biggest, he might not be the fastest, he might not be the strongest, he might not be the most skilled. But he's going to give you everything you got, and he's going to be the one player out there that wants it more than anyone. There is never a guy that wants it more than Mel Quan Horton out there. And the same, honestly, your team fought. Your team really seemed like they wanted that. Dan Kokoros was banging like Steph Curry from deep. Rafone was playing great deep. Chad and Jaden looked awesome. They looked great out playing outside of Toon Squad. So, tip of my hat to your team. But uh, in the end, what we do over here at Team Horn. A famous quote. Well, I guess it's not famous yet. But um, anybody that's been watching Hard Knocks um, on HBO this this season with the, with the Oakland Raiders, there was a great quote by John Gruden in one of the uh, the his team meetings there when he says uh, to everybody, knock, knock on wood if you're with me. But yeah, the quote by John Gruden said that you can lead the league in effort because it has nothing to do with talent. It's a decision that you make. And I feel like that you know, just sums up Melquan Horton to a T because he doesn't care about who's the best player on any man's team. He wants to guard you. He doesn't care who you are. He's going to bark at you. He's going to go at you. He's going to play his hardest. And he's going to you know poke you in all the places that he needs to to get you to go 100% because I feel like he thrives off of that you know, intensity between players, especially when he's got, like, uh, his own personal beef with someone on the other team, it just elevates his game because he's just going to go at them 100%. And I feel like that was why he was my number one pick in these in the All-Star game. So shout-out, Greg, for the reference, my man, Melquan. You know that uh, I probably am the biggest Melquan supporter of all time. So, you know, if you want to jump on that bandwagon, you know, you can, you can, always, uh, you can always do it, my man. There's, there's some room for you. Yeah, I mean, look, no one knows I love him, but I got the Flynn bandwagon, and I'm not going to be one of those guys that has multiple bandwagons. <laughs> I, I, I root for Verdeen. Obviously, they're not my rival. Shocker's my rival. And uh, definitely TMC second. You know, I love those guys. But, um, you know, I just can't. I, 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 look, I love Melvin Horton. I love anyone's play that just goes out there. <clears throat> anyone, I tell everyone all the time when I talk about this league to people. The best players in the league don't care if they get dunked on. If you care if you get dunked on in this league, don't play. Because you're going to get dunked on. That's how it goes. But that doesn't mean anything. And I just... People like Melquan and someone like like Eric Singleton and someone like Dom Langston and those guys, like they, they just take it for what it is and they give their all. And that's, like, Honestly, players like Rosinski and people, they just don't really give effort. And that's honestly, in the end, that's kind of why Shocker City... Lo- nah, I'm just fucking with you, Rosinski. But really, I mean, that's why we love guys like Kwong, because they just give their all... And it's refreshing kind of to see that in today's day where you see a lot of NBA players, a lot of football players, baseball players, whatever it be, where people are just kind of lazy. So it's, I love to see that. Real quick, Greg, before we let everybody go one last time, uh, throw a quick little surprise segment in here um, at the last second. We're going to run through all the awards, and I know that you'll be uh, with me on that one. We basically do the awards every season. Me and Greg pick our own guys. And that's typically one of our favorite episodes. But we always say before we do that how those aren't the official awards. That's just me and Greg's personal little uh, podcast awards. But the actual awards have been released. So let's release those real quick for anybody who maybe didn't see on social media. Let's start with Rookie of the Year, Colin Tracy. Greg, this was this kid was my surprise on the rise, I think, week one or two. Uh, I've been up on this guy ever since I saw him play. I knew this guy was skilled. Um, great season for Scott's Tots. Oh, yeah, Scott Todd had a phenomenal season. They're one of those teams I think like Nick Strong did. They can come back and retool a little bit. They have a good squad, and they're going to be competing. I think they finally found their groove. I think my guy Carbone needs to stop jacking threes. He needs to just play his Rajon Rondo role, which he's a really good ball hander, and he's a very good defender. We saw him play Reggie and Carmine really well. He was clamping them up. 
like uh, I do to Jack Champagne in the park on Treble on Thursday. But, you know, regardless, <laughs> I think that Scott Todd and what Colin Tracy brought to the team was a dominant big man. And we saw this year, whether it was Chad McCoy or David Armstrong or, you know, even someone like Dom Langston, even though he doesn't really play the big man role. But when you have a guy down low, Nick Jabs, another great example. When you have a guy that you can just toss to down low and say, get me a bucket, and they'll go get you a bucket, or they'll get a foul and they'll go to the free throw line, and they'll hit uh, somewhat, they'll hit a good rate from the free throw line, around the 60-70%. That's all you can ask for, and that sets the tone, in a game, especially in this league, because you think it's all dunking, but it's really not. It's a lot about finishing at the rim and not dunking sometimes, because a lot of the times when you go for the dunk, you're going to get blocked. Colin Tracy, like I told him after he won the award, very impressive. He's a dominant big guy. His footwork is impeccable. And he's a player with Scott Stotts who will be here for a long time because they're a very good basketball team. They're fundamentally sound. They're extremely talented, and they love playing together. Greg, with the, the rant of the year on Scott's Tots, I love that. Absolute full supporter and uh, showing his stripes. I love it, Greg. Next player, we just talked about this guy for a half hour, so you can go a little bit lighter on this one. Melquan Horton, Defensive Player of the Year. I know he was pissed that he wasn't the MVP. We'll get into that when we reveal the MVP, but um, he definitely did have an MVP-type season, and I can see why he, he would be salty about it, but nonetheless, Defensive Player of the Year should just be named the Melquan Horton Defensive Player of the Year award because you know that's, that's an award made for him. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously I think David Armstrong is my <clears throat> DPOI, but like I said, you know, we talk about Melquan all the time. He deserved this award, no doubt. He, he guards your best player. He's not afraid of the challenge. He, he, he stuffs the stat sheet, and that's what Melquan Horton does. He, he locks you, puts the key away, and he won't come talk to you until next week, next Monday Night Legacy, because he will be in your nightmares. He'll be in your dreams. If you have a dream, you're <laughs> with a, you're, the girl of your dreams, Melquan Horton will come in, and he'll steal your girl. That's what he does. Uh, Mr. Steal Your Girl, Melquan Horton, Defensive Player of the Year for Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, an, another all-star of mine, Melquan, of course, my team captain. And now we've got another one, Jaden Battle, my, my team's highest scorer. Offensive Player of the Year, I don't think that even comes as a surprise. This kid was accounting for like half of his team's scoring pr- production or more on any given week. Excuse me, alongside John McCoy, you know, this kid could not be stopped. This kid was an absolute force all season long. And, uh, you know, he, his ability to, you know, just put the ball in the basket from beyond the three-point line, going in and dunking on people that are six foot four, um, you know, hitting step backs in the lane, you know, hitting fadeaways. This kid has the whole bag. He was deep in it all season. And, you know, I think that this was, like I said, not a surprise. Jaden Battle for Offensive Player of the Year. No, not a surprise at all. I mean, that's what Jaden Battle does. I mean, like I said, Jaden Battle is one of the most dynamic players we've seen in this league because of his dunking ability and his three-point shooting ability. He's a very efficient three-point shooter. We saw it all season. We saw it in the All-Star game. And we're going to continue to see it in his future endeavors in this league. I mean, Stephen Battle is so dynamic because you can't just, you know, usually, like, he's not he's, he's not an, even in the galaxy of Mike Davis discussion. But it's kind of similar to the Mike Davis thing where, or like a Greg Langston thing where, he, they can attack you at the rim, but they can also pull from 30 deep. And you don't see that with a lot of players. You see a lot of players kind of be more better at something. But Jaden Battle shoots 40% from three and was taking a lot of threes. And he also is probably the best dunker, arguably, in the league. You know, they got Chris Lee, got Pooch, you got a lot of dunkers out there. But Jaden Battle is just one of those dynamic players that you would love to have on any team in this league. And that's why he was on my team. And speaking of my team, another guy I had on my team for most improved player of the year, Dan Kokoros. A great season for Dan. Uh, Greg, I know you were diving into the stats earlier and uh, kind of said how even though Dan had an unbelievable season this year, if you actually compare it to his last season, it was almost a down year for Dan. But that's not to say it was a bad year. It was still an unbelievable season. But I think it was you know most improved, had a lot to do with you know, the responsibilities that he had on this team. Normally, Dan's like a really good, like, second or third player, but there were stretches for this season where Dan was by far and away the best player on Sportslook. And that was on a team with with all-stars like John, uh, John Zervos and Jeff Norco and Brian Acevedo. All those guys, if I'm not mistaken, have made all-star appearances in the Legacy Leagues. And Dan K hadn't made one up to this point, if I'm, like I said, if I'm not mistaken. But... 
for him to ball out this year and take on responsibilities as you know the team's leading scorer for long stretches, I got to give a lot of credit to Dan for the season. <laughs> no, yeah, that's actually a really good point because last season they had Tyrell Holmes and Jeff Norco came a lot more, and so he kind of had a different role. But this year he did have to step up, and you could see in his rebounding numbers, which did, the rebounding did go up. He averaged eight point two a game compared to six point three last year, and especially his defensive rebounding numbers went up. He averaged two point. A full 2.1 more than he did last season. So he did take a much bigger role. But, you know, I think I, I have a few things to say. One, Acevedo, what the fuck's going on with you? Not, I, I'm in Rhode Island live streaming the, the finals. Acevedo goes, I'm going to win the three point contest. Yeah, you really won it. You weren't even there. Two, <laughs> my guy Norco from the Secorsi, you got that Blackhawk blood. That guy, you know, he's working in the pitch. You know, they, Norco's a different breed, that man. And, uh, you know, Norco wasn't there a few games this year, so like you said, Dan kind of had to step up and take on that role where people don't realize how much Jeff Norco really does for a team, and I think Dan kind of had to take that role when he realized, like, wow, this is how much Jeff does, you know, the rebounding, the passing, the defense, and just the overall hustle and the leadership that he brings. So mm-hmm. while it might have been a down year, and I agree, I think that you made a good point where it's this award, you know, but this, sometimes you got to put the stats might lie exactly and in this sense dan had an amazing year regardless exactly and i feel like in this case and dan you look past the numbers you know don't have to necessarily you know, they, they matter but um you shouldn't take them into account in terms of for the whole argument put together because dan's a complete package as a basketball player and like we always say with guys like melquan sometimes what they do doesn't always show up in the stat sheets in terms of their leadership and their you know their on-court you know ferocity and intensity and these guys are just, you know, absolute studs in their own right, you know, not even looking at the numbers. So I think that's what a lot goes into um, picking these awards. I feel like that just had to, you know, that was a lean in this one for for Dan in terms of his responsibility and the role that he played for um, long stretches of time on a team that had a lot of competitive guys on it that could have been, you know, eaten away at, you know, his production. But you said, like you said, uh, Norco wasn't um, there for all the weeks and Acevedo wasn't there for a lot didn't show up for the uh, three-point contest. Um, but, uh, yeah, nonetheless, a great season for Dan Greg. Let's get into the MVP um, award, even though we're going a little bit out of order here. Uh, Reggie Stewart, I don't think this is a surprise, like I said, with, with Jaden Battle. Uh, this is kind of a no-brainer here for, for Reggie Stewart. Um, honestly, you could have put Melquan Hort in there too, but obviously since he won Defensive Player of the Year, you knew that he wasn't going to win MVP, so that leaves Reggie Stewart with the uh, – with the taking right there on this award. And I know that Melquan was a little bit salty. I kind of felt salty for him. He was my MVP pick. Um, but uh, I'm you know, also content that he won Defensive Player of the Year because that was a tough award to get this year with Dave Armstrong, probably you know right there on his tail. But at least he was able to get that. Reggie Stewart takes home MVP. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, another MVP for the seven-time All-Star. I mean, honestly, I'm going to save all the podcast fans, the people that listen. Uh, shout out my mom calling right now. Um, all the podcast fans that listen, you know, I'm going to save them a whole one-minute spiel. Y'all know how good Reggie is. You know what he does. Go watch Monday nights in the winter and watch what Reggie Stewart does. His play will talk for himself. And last but certainly not least for the awards, the kid who just destroyed me in the All-Star game, shout-out Nick Jaffs winning the fifth man of the year for the Flint Tropics, Greg. Man, that's not the – I told everyone all season – Put some respect on my guy's name. Stop sleeping on Nick Jaffs just because he might look like my cousin from the Catskills or something. He can ball. <laughs> Nick Jaffs balls. That's what Nick Jaffs does. Like Duran too. These guys on Flint. Look, maybe Flint doesn't have to fly. Maybe Flint's best players rocking the specs from like 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 Kareem in the seventies. But you want to know what they do? They win. And Nick Jaffs is a very, very good basketball player. You, Everybody sleeps on him. David Armstrong said it best. After the Clinton played soccer, David Armstrong was saying, gave props to Nick and really said, you're the only one, you and Mike are really the only ones that can put it on my head. Nick Jabs is just as strong as anyone. I think that's what people don't understand. He's very skilled. He's very good down low, great footwork. He's also so strong. Nick Jabs is built like Jeff Norco. They're like linebackers. And Nick Jaffs' game, while it might be power, it has a little bit of finesse, and you can also bang the three. And stop playing with my guy's name. 
because Nick Japs is a vital, vital reason that Flint won the championship. Without Nick Japs, they absolutely don't. That's hilarious how uh, you're commenting on their, like, uh, I guess what you co- would call their basic look. I remember um, there was a post, somebody on Instagram, uh, there was a player, Mike Bazzuto, like, yanded on someone's head. And uh, some, like, you know, random follower commented on the mm-hmm. post, and he was like, uh, did that dude with glasses just dunk on that boy? And uh, Mike Bazzuto commented on it, and he was like, yeah, this, he's like, I would dunk on, this dude with glasses would dunk on you too, <laughs> or some shit like that. I don't, I don't re- remember the exact uh, line that he said, but he basically um, threw shade right back at this guy, and I, was, I remember just dying hysterically. But, yeah, I actually think that Flint's got some swag, dude. They got couple of them got those matching orange shorts. I love their colorway, and uh, I think Mike Bazzuto rocks the specs. No, he does. Yeah, no, Bazzuto is like Kareem. They rock those specs. Mike Duran got those leg sleeves going. Brian Caggiano got like that. That insurance agent swag cooking, like, you know... I, you know, TJ's I, I always know wearing, like, a long sleeve shirt underneath his jersey. He's like a Roldis Chapman. Dom, yeah. Yeah, Dom is just looking like a state a legit state trooper out there. <laughs> Tom Yarrow with the state trooper looking jacked as ever. They got some swag. They got some. They got their own little drip going on there. They got the Flint drip. Um, I mean, look. Yeah, that's what Flint does. <laughs> that's what Flint does. That's all that they do. Greg, we've got some Flint guys coming up in the uh, all-teams here. Let's get into these all-teams. with an all-defensive team. Um, and this was Eric Singleton leading the way. All-star selection. Didn't show up. Shout out, Eric. Pissed at you. Uh... We also had Melquan Horton, who did show up, dragged his ass there at the last second. Love you, Melquan. Dave Armstrong, who could have easily won Defensive Player of the Year. You know, it really honestly could have been Dave winning defensive and Melquan winning MVP, and Reggie could have, you know, walked away from this season, you know, maybe empty-handed because, you know, Offensive Player of the Year would have been a tough spot to get over Jaden. But this, you know, the awards could have really went that way. But, uh, you know, Dave Armstrong ends up on the all-defensive team, so I'm sure he won't be mad about that. And my guy... The Flint Tropics' very own, Matt Sear, who, hey, I might not have been on the Flint Tropics bandwagon since day one. I've been on the Matt Sear bandwagon since day yeah. one, Greg, and you can't Back. tell me wrong. No, yeah, look, I, I can back Connor up there. Uh, Connor, even before me, was always on that Matt Sear bandwagon. Matt Sear is, look, Matt Sear is one of the most underrated players. I know I'm biased to Flint, but he's really one of the most underrated players in this league. People really don't understand what he does for that Flint team. He makes... He always makes the extra pass. He doesn't take jump shots. I'm sure Matt Sear can shoot a solid clip from the mid-range and maybe three. But he doesn't take it because he understands what this team needs. And, you know, Matt Sear on the defensive side, I mean, look at that team. I mean, that team, those are the four best defenders in this league. I'm saying it. There it is. I love it. I actually think that's a pretty accurate, you know, fact because they are the all-defensive team. So Greg Horn going out on the limb there and saying that the offensive, <laughs> all-defensive team is the best defensive players in the league. Wow. Shocker. Bold. <laughs> Bold take there by Greg Horn. Uh, let's get into the all-second team before we get into the all-first team. Greg, the all-second team was Eric Singleton. Shout out, Eric. Still pissed at you. Uh, Carmine Santarelli, Mike Vesicchio, my guy, and Dan Kokoros, also my guy. Love my all-stars. All in on the Seesaw all-star bandwagon. Um, but yeah, really great seasons from all these guys, Greg. Now, oh, yeah, again, look, it, it's you know it, it gets to a point where you you know you you said really all you could say about some of these guys, but it, it it goes to show that we're talking about some of these guys so much. That's how great they are. There's a lot of good players in this league. They re- they really are, and you know for for I'm gonna focus. Look, Carm, love you, amazing. Everyone knows how nasty he is. Eric, I think Eric's the most underrated defender in the league, even though he did make the all-defensive team, but I just don't think people talk about that that much. And then Dan Kay, I think he's the best shooting big guy in this league, without mm-hmm. a doubt. I yep. mean, he stretches the floor like no other. Yep. But I'm going to focus on Mike Pasicchio, because for him to make this second team, man, Huge. what a job done by Nick Strong, man. I mean, think about when they started two seasons ago. If you would have told me Mike Masicchio is on the all-legacy second team, I would have slapped you across the face. But Mike Masicchio just redefined his game. Him and his brother used to take, like, 93s a year. They only (laughs) took 40 this year. And they hit at a high clip, and they realized that they can bang down low with the best of them and use their size and just get rebounds and play their roles. So I just want to shout out Mike Masicchio for doing something that a lot of people can't do and a lot of athletes can't do. And that's re- reinventing themselves. And Mike Masicchio did it, and he's 
looked better every single game he's played. I literally love Mike Masick. Yo, Mike, if you're listening, brother, you're the best. You're the GOAT. Didn't remember Mike was on my all-star team, and he he bashed me for it. But uh, I will never forget ever again because Mike made a great impression on me last night. He balled out on my team, and he balled out all season long, like you said, Greg. He's got that funky three where he shoots it. It's like spinning sideways like a top, but the thing goes in like consistently. So... Uh, hey, if it go, like coaches always tell shooters all the time, hey, if the shot's going in, I don't care how it looks, but if it's not going in, then that's when they'll uh, obviously um, make their adjustments. But with Mike, no adjustments need to be needed because he he gets buckets, he shoots that three ball with efficiency. He made sixteen points in the contest. He was banging threes during the All Star game. He was hitting threes all season long at a high clip. So, like you said, he lowered the volume and hired the efficiency, and I think that just goes to show how. You know, players mature and adapt in this league as years go on, and he's truly become a, a, a all second team player and a, and a perennial all star in the league. You know, this is multiple all star appearances now under his belt, and uh, now he's on the all second team for the first time. So shout out to uh, Mike Vesicchio, Danka Koros too, and uh, obviously Eric and Carmine. No surprise there; they're always all over these lists. But Dan and Mike definitely great seasons and well deserved to be up on that list. Greg, let's get into the all first team. Uh, Reggie Stewart, Melquan Horton, Mike Bizzuto, and Jaden Battle. Two of your All-Stars, two of my All-Stars. Nothing you can really say about uh, some of these guys. Former MVP, Mike Bizzuto, current MVP and former MVP, Reggie Stewart. Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year with Melquan and Jaden. So guys that just loaded up with some hardware. And all these guys, I don't think, like we said, we haven't been surprised with a couple of these. I don't think we're surprised with the All-First team. No, not at all. I mean, look, I'll, again, I'll give listeners minute of their time because they know what we're going to say about these guys. Reggie's one of the most decorated and one of the best players we've ever seen. Mizzuto is my fucking guy, Swint Nation. Elquan, again, he's my favorite player to watch in this league. And then Jaden Battle, he's, he's such a dynamic offensive threat. I mean, you could I could talk about any of these guys for five minutes just because of what they bring to their teams and what they do on the basketball court. It's just amazing to watch. Come to In Sports Monday night in the winter and you will see a show. Absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up, Greg. This was a great episode, just kind of a recap episode of all the all-star events, all the award winners on the season, and uh, you know, kind of just pay some homage to all these dudes that have given us an incredible effort all season long, made the drive out there week in, week out, and gave us you know, strong performances that made us you know, worthy of watching these games. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's tough going out there uh, if you're not going to be watching entertaining basketball. These guys truly make it worth it for us to go out there and you know, mm-hmm. spend our whole Monday night, you know, watching these guys hoop it up. It's it's, it's a blast, and uh, it was one one more last hurrah during the All Star event. All the guys that made it out there, you know, they all put on a show during all the events, all the All Star game. They made it fun for us to coach. Um, they made it fun just to watch these guys play. You know, it, we all love mm-hmm. basketball. I wouldn't be here if we didn't. And I think it was a uh, you know a great season. Another. Uh, historically great season you know and just in terms of the amount of fun that we had doing it and watching these guys play and all the interns shout out all the interns greg they, another great group of interns that joe was able to pull in um and just you know they got the job done and you know obviously stats and, and all that stuff is never going to be perfect year to year but um i think that we got good performances on the stats this year in general from the interns and i feel like that uh we had less complaints than we normally do but that's always going to be a, you know, a work in progress as we you know, progress with the league. But just shout out to everybody for all their support and all that stuff. No, yeah. And uh, last thing I want to say, uh, I want to shout out from Rhode Island, this kid, John Kutsu. I went to Rhode Island last week, mm-hmm. and I saw the best Legacy League performance I've ever seen. I've seen Greg Langston drop seven. I've seen Mike Davis in game winners against the Monstars when he big pooch out. I've seen Reggie drop 50. I've seen Mel Kwan go for almost a quadruple double. This guy, John Kutu, drops 37 with 19 rebounds, 8 of 14 from 3, and only missed 6 field goals in a championship game. This kid is special. If you ever find yourself in the Rhode Island, in the, what is it, the St. John, I think St. Johnston is the town. I'm telling you, this kid, John Kutu, I know he'll never listen. I don't know one cares about it. I'm telling you. I'm still in – that was the best Legacy League performance I've ever seen. That kid, his team was amazing, but he absolutely looked at the other team, which was good to you, and he he, he just said, nah, you guys aren't getting this. I'm absolutely taking over. So I just want to tip my hat to him because that performance was incredible. Yeah, you and uh, Evan made the made the trek out there to Rhode Island. I know Evan went out there several times. Um, 
Did Eddie Whitman go up there too? Am I mistaken? Oh no, Eddie did not. Um, you know, Eddie. Eddie was you know still upset with the whole redeem uh, <laughs> loss, and it's understandable. Uh, I know Eddie will bounce back, and he'll uh, you know work his little GM magic and come back with a nice squad. And uh, you know, hey, that's what a redeem team does. They got something to redeem. And they're going to try to redeem it. Yeah, no, for some reason, I thought I heard Eddie told me that he he might go up there. Um, but I know Eddie's got a little rivalry with, uh, I'm pretty sure it's the Doogee boys who won the whole thing. So yep. it's going to be fun now because Eddie's got to bounce back and Eddie's got to try to win the ship for, for his own rights now so he can rub it back in their faces. Um, but I, I thought that Eddie might have made his way up there. But shout out to you and Evan for going up there, obviously from Connecticut to Rhode Island. I know Joey does it every week, but Joey's the commish. Joey's got to do it. Um, to get you guys up there, honestly, uh, I was close to doing it. I had a busy day that day, but... Um, I wanted to go up there. One of these, probably next season, I'll try to get up there, Greg. Maybe me and you can go up there together and we'll watch a game, uh, watch a week, hopefully championship week or something like that. You down? Oh, yeah. You, yeah, absolutely. I would love for you to – look, the talent up there is, uh, is good. I think that um, – I don't know if they can win a champion. I don't know if any of those teams can win a championship down here, but they would absolutely compete. And, look, they could possibly. I mean, I wouldn't bet money on it, but all the, the top teams in that league from, like, See, the thing about that league is I think there's eight or nine teams in that league that would be just as good as a Nick Strong or, like, I mean, hey, I, I think they could easily finish second or third in this league and maybe win a ring. I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot more talent in that league than I thought there was. Yeah, there definitely is. A, I, I mean, I was following along on Snapchat, and it looked like an unbelievable game. And uh, I want to get to know these players more and, and, and these, get to recognize these faces because it sounds like there's a ton of good action going on up there. So shout out to the Rhode Island League. Uh, you know, I definitely want to get more involved with that as the seasons go, Greg. And speaking of more involved, we'll probably be back for another season. Nothing set in stone, obviously. You know, things can change in a flash. But, uh, you know, me and Greg love doing this pod, and I know that we've talked about um, doing this in seasons to come. But like we said, nothing set in stone. Stay tuned to the Twitter for any updates on that kind of stuff. But, you know, granted, if all things go well and me and Greg still have the time, I'm sure that we'll uh, always try to stay relevant here on the podcast. So uh, thanks again to everybody for supporting us for another season. We really do appreciate all of it, all the players and all the fans who tune in after their games and, you know, plug in their headphones while they're at work or on their, you know, drives to their cars and going to work like that kind of stuff. Like, any way you can tune into the pod, we all, we always appreciate all the views, and uh, I think uh, Greg, if you want to say anything about that, but any 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 uh, final thoughts or con- you know things that you'd like to say to everybody who's tuned in all season? Uh, yeah, shout out to guys that listen. Whether it's you listen the whole thing or you just listen for your team, regardless, it's you know we spend we take time out of our day to do this. So you know, I, I, obviously, it's, it means a lot when you guys say you know you listen to the pod or. You, you, even if you tune in for, like I said, 10 seconds. Like, I know Rosinski just listens to his team, but even that just means a lot. And it's just to see that, you know, you care enough to see, you know, what we're saying. And, you know, you care enough to come at me, like, you know, Pooch staring me down in the finals and stuff like that. Like, I love that, and I live off that. And it's, it's just cool to see that we have somewhat of an audience that, you know, cares and listens. And we, we really appreciate it. We Obviously, we can't thank you guys enough. And it, it makes us seem like, it makes it seem like this podcast that might get 30 or 40 views, those 30 or 40 views mean more than anything that you guys can know. So, of course, thank you. Absolutely, Greg. That's a nice way to wrap it up. It's just going to close it up for our final episode here together on the Summer 19 Weekly Rebound Connecticut Podcast from Connor Sauer and Greg Horn. Thank you to all the fans and players for tuning in all season. Be sure to drop a follow on Twitter if you guys already haven't at, at weekly underscore rebound. And uh, we'll keep you guys updated on there for all your updates. And uh, make sure you guys tune in. SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you guys can get it. I know that we're on Spotify too now, I'm pretty sure. So um, everything is uh, available for us to be uh, listened to you guys. So like I said, we appreciate all of it, guys. And we will see you guys next season.